to the House of Minds, a podcast experience where we dive into individuals' journeys and mindsets with the intention and potential to bring you keys to unlock and expand your mind into new realities and possibilities, because we can all learn something from everyone. All you must bring is a desire to learn, an open mind, and the trust that the universe is always working for you. What will the House of Minds bring you today? Welcome everybody to another episode of House of Minds. My name is Christina and I'll be your podcast host today. And today we'll be speaking with Yogi Brian. Yogi Brian is a yoga instructor, meme maker, and meditation guide here in um, Phoenix, uh, Phoenix, Arizona area. And Brian is on a mission to release as many fucks from the world as possible through the yoga platform and also have a shit ton of fun doing so. Welcome, Brian. I'm excited for our chat today, and thank you for appearing on the podcast. Thank you so much, Christina. I'm happy to be on, and I love that intro. I love that intro. So on point. Appreciate it. Awesome. My pleasure. Well, if you wouldn't mind starting us off with a one to two minute mindfulness practice, just to bring us into full presence, and that way also listeners can get a little tidbit and sneak peek of what to expect from your medication podcast. Sure thing. So everybody listening, hopefully you're not driving, operating farm equipment, machinery, walking dogs or launching rockets or anything. So if you're not doing any of those things, you can sit down, close your eyes and just bring your awareness to your breath, your attention to your breath. Sometimes our minds are all over the place, maybe thinking about yesterday or thinking about the day ahead or thinking about tomorrow, and that's totally normal and natural. But let's invite our minds back to our body. Bring it back to our body here. Starting to relax, starting to settle. There you go. Whole body starts to relax. Those tiny muscles in your eyelids start to relax. Shoulders relax. There you go. Just bring your awareness and attention and focus on your breathing. Just notice your breath. Noticing the inhale and the exhale. There you go, doing a great job. Now I wonder if there's some stuck energy or maybe a fuck you need to release. And if you do, wonderful, let's release that. So keep the mouth closed and take a nice deep inhale through the nose. Hold the breath at the top, feel the tension in the pit of the throat, hold the breath. Keep holding it. And then exhale, sigh it the fuck out, let it all go. Ah. There you go, open your eyes, come back. That's one fuck you've released. One of many, one of million. Excellent. One of millions. Yes. (laughs) Hopefully. Thank you for guiding us through that, Brian. You're welcome. All right. Where let's start, maybe not all the way back to the the beginning, beginning, but let's start with where your yoga journey started. Sure. Yeah. So yoga journey started, I made an Instagram account to make fun of yoga. I had no intentions of being a yoga teacher, having a meditation podcast and doing what I'm doing now. No intentions at all. I was, this was like 2015-ish, like the end of 2015. And one of my friends was doing a yoga challenge on Instagram for her yoga studio. And she was posting yoga pictures like on top of her fridge on top of the kitchen table like just ridiculous places in her house 
I'm like, this is so odd. Like I should make a yoga account and just make fun of yoga, you know, because yoga, from what I've seen before is yoga is pretty stuffy, stuck up, you know, competition, just from what I saw. I mean, totally my perspective. Yeah. And, and yeah, yeah, it still is a little bit. And um, I'm like, I'm going to make fun of this. I'm going to make up my own yoga poses. I'm going to do it on like kitchen counters and weird places like that. So I created this account. My first post was me doing chair pose on the top of a bunk bed. And I like, my caption was like elevating my practice. It was ridiculous. I love the it. account within like the first couple of weeks, it reached a thousand or 2000 followers. I can't remember. And I thought I was super famous. I thought I had all these followers and, and I just was like, I'm, I'm going to keep doing this. So I joined a yoga studio just to practice yoga, to make fun of it more. And I just fell in love with the practice. Uh, I was just practicing almost every day and it really transformed my body. I lost like 20 to 30 pounds. My mind was more calm. I felt more sharp, aware. And then it just turned into where it is now. I, I took yoga teacher training at that same studio, continued to do memes and videos on Instagram and that grew more and more. And yeah, it's just a crazy ride. Like the yoga journeys are crazy thing and anybody listening if you dabble with yoga like if you just fuck around with yoga a little bit like it's powerful it's that powerful so it will fucking transform your life so just be careful if you dabble with yoga it'll transform your life yeah so yeah that's a so the, the short the short version of the story the condensed version yes and i know viewers can find out more about that um on your platforms as well but yoga definitely does have the potential to be a journey and to evolve in whatever way it will and whatever way you want it to be, but also whatever way the universe has set out, it kind of goes hand in hand. So I, I love that you're like a walking um, meme of that in itself. <laughs> and how ironic is it that you started it off just by like making fun of it and having fun with it. And that's, I feel like that's kind of continued to be this beautiful synchrony and thread that you've weaved into the way you teach your meditations, your whole philosophy and attitude about yoga itself is let's have fun with it. Like, let's be a little less serious about it. Relax. It's just yoga. Yes. Cause then that allows the practitioners, especially people who maybe don't want to take yoga as seriously or have never done yoga before when they step onto the mat, there's like this release of pressure of, Oh, it doesn't have to be this certain way or done in this, um, in this rigid structure, it can just be what it is. And it allows them to relax and have fun with the practice. And when we relax, that's when we can evolve and grow even more. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, you said it exactly on point. You know, when we have fun, when we relax, that's when we can really make change, you know, and um, that's really what I love to bring with the practice. I, I do take my practice seriously, but I have to tell myself daily that it's just fucking yoga. Like I can't compete with anybody else. I can't worry about my class numbers. You know, if, if one person shows up, like I, I need to focus on that one person. I need to hold space for that one person. It's just fucking yoga. You know, so I got to tell myself daily about that. You know, it's not a competition. I, I, I'm, I'm not comparing myself with other people. And I got to show up for the people that show up, you know, to my classes. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, the only person we really ever should, although I don't like the use of that word, but it, we should only compare ourselves to ourselves because, again, it takes mm -hmm. it back to the growth and evolution. And it sounds like there's this beautiful parallel of being intentional but also still going with the flow and allowing both to kind of live hand in hand in that world of duality and be okay with it and not get too attached in either direction or sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, one of my favorite teachers is Brian Kest. And one thing he said was one of his teachers told him that just practice yoga and the universe will take care of the rest. And that has been so that has been the story of my life with the yoga practice. You know, if I, if I just practice yoga and meditation, like the rest, everything else falls into place, you know, 
Yeah. And that's so powerful. I, I love that quote. And I'm glad I heard it and hope to share. I'm glad I can share it on this podcast. Yes. As well. Yeah, it is a very powerful quote. Just do what you can and let go of the rest and it'll unfold. Now, how did you get into meditation? Was that something that you had the intent as you went into your yoga journey? Were you like hooked on meditation right away? Or is that something that developed as you developed your yoga practice and evolved with it? That's something that developed in my yoga practice. I remember in yoga teacher training, part of the yoga teacher training was you had to meditate for a specific amount of days. And in my phone, I put, you know, meditate, you know, at like 10 p.m. And I did the challenge and that was okay. I think it was like two weeks. I can't remember. It wasn't like a, it wasn't long-term. But I always had every this, day. At 10 yeah, p.m. Every, yeah, every, every day. But, but I didn't really catch on with it. I, um, you know, I timed myself and like, I couldn't really get into it. But I always had this reminder on my phone that I just kept on, like it kept coming up to meditate at 10 p.m. And I, and I never like turned that reminder off. So I don't know if that got like stuck in my subconscious mind, but it was further down the road. I think it was maybe like a year and a half after my yoga teacher training where I told myself, like, I, I want to start a meditation practice. I'm, I'm going to try 90 days of meditating every single day for 90 days. And I, at the time I used insight timer because they have a good tracking of you know how many number of days consistently that you can do. So I'm like, I'm just going to do 90 days, no matter what. And the first 77 days, 76 days were painful. I did not like meditation. I, you know, I, I get, I didn't give myself a time limit. I was like, even if it's a minute a day, like two minutes a day, like I'll do it. Love you know, it. the first 10 days, I, I think I was, or the first 30 days I was able to do, you know, 10 minutes consistently. Like I finally got 10 minutes and then eventually after the 90 days, I was able to do 20 minutes, just pretty good. But yeah, it wasn't until day 77 where it just clicked for me. I, I don't know why 77, but on that day, I remember that I'm going to meditate for the rest of my life. Like, because I've, I've found so much clarity and answers and creativity, inspiration, awareness, that I, that I realized, like, I have to do this every day. So I continued, I think it was maybe over 200 days. And then I broke my streak on purpose. I broke my streak on, streak on purpose. Why? Because I, um, I was just too competitive with it. It was starting to become an obsession. Like I was just trying to get in the days without really focusing on my actual mm -hmm. meditation practice. And I knew that if That's the meaning of it. Yeah, exactly. So I, I broke, I broke that streak and then I just started over the next, the next day. And I've consistently done a med a daily meditation. There might be a time where like I miss one or two days in a row, yeah. but I've done that consistently since. And I commit to 20 minutes in the morning, almost every morning. And I, I, uh, I love it so much. Like I find just so much inspiration. Like I do like most of my memes and creative videos come during those, those 20 minutes in the silence so, and the stillness, in the silence and the stillness. Yeah. E even when I just, it's a real, you know, I mainly, mm -hmm. <laughs> sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you know, my meditation practice has like changed and morphed. you know, I was doing manifest manifestation meditations in the morning, you know, my eyes closed. Now I just stare at a candle in the morning and then do more of a meditate, um, um, like a manifestation meditation at night. But then it got me into like hypnosis and hypnotherapy. And I've went and done several trainings on hypnotherapy because I realized that guided meditation, even yoga nidra too, is just a form of hypnosis, you know, just a form of getting into your subconscious mind, changing your subconscious mind. And I I evolved into doing a subconscious reprogramming at night, which I still do an abundant subconscious reprogramming. I listen to this YouTube video for like eight hours while I sleep and it completely reprograms my subconscious mind. That is magical. Like I've just received so many opportunities, friendships and things that just appear yeah. doing that subconscious reprogramming. So yeah, it's a, it's a crazy journey. Is that a binaural beats or is that a guided meditation that you do for the eight hours at night? I believe it has binaural beats, but I just have it on my phone okay. and it's just affirmations. It's abundance affirmations. It's okay. the YouTube channel is called growing forever. Yeah. And it's amazing. It has so many different 
affirmations and subconscious reprogramming. I highly recommend that because you can do it in your sleep. And that's the time when your subconscious mind is open and ready for suggestion. And absorbing, absorbing yes. it all in. What changed with, like, did you just feel a release of resistance around that day 77 where you like relaxed into it and like found your groove? Um, was there anything specific that you can pinpoint that change from like that day 76 to 77? Yeah, I just, I realized like I needed so much, like it's important and like this will transform my whole outlook on life. Like what, whatever I want to manifest or however I want to feel or what I need to do. I just realized that it all starts with that morning meditation and it starts in our mind. It starts within ourselves. So that's when I realized like, this isn't just a challenge, a 90 day challenge for me. Like I'm going to keep this going forever. So that's on day 77. I, I realized it. And after researching, I think it's like anywhere from day 60 to 75, that's when a habit changes in your brain. Yeah. So that's when things like your neuroplasticity switches to like build those pathways to keep that habit going. So I think that was another reason why it helped me. And I always tell, you know, students or people that talk to me about meditation, I'm like, it, it's a long-term game. Like you got to try it for 90 days to have a consistent practice. Like, like anything in life. Cause if you just dabble and dip your toes in, you're not really going to get the benefit of anything. It's like eating healthy or exercising or drinking water. If we dabble in it just for like the 30 days or we do a challenge, that's not really creating lifestyle change and exactly. you're not going to see the, the true long-term benefit from it unless you continue. But I always love kind of dissecting like, well, what was the motivation behind, okay, now I'm going to make this a lifelong habit. And I feel like it has a lot to do with when we can see and feel the benefit and realize the difference of when we're not doing the thing versus doing the thing. Like that kind of becomes a driving force even more of, okay, now I'm hooked because I know how much more this influences and impacts my life in a positive way. And it has to, like, it's almost like the other benefits don't really matter. It has to come from that own internal um, visual, like visualization or realization of I have to do this because it's that powerful for my life. Yes. Yes. I, I love it. I recommend it. It's, and, and it's not that it changes meditation. I wouldn't say that it makes me calmer or that it's changed anything. Like, yeah, it maybe give me maybe more calmness, but it's just the awareness that I get from meditation. And, you know, my teacher tells me that anything outside my awareness is outside my control. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not aware of it, how can I change it or how can I fix it or control it? You know, if you're in denial of something or, you know, it, it's, it's hard to change something. So meditation just brings that awareness. Like, okay, what, what am I like? What is the truth? What is my real motive? Like, why am I meditating here? You know, because I had to get to my, but once you really get deep down to your motive and your actual truth, then you can be like, oh, shit. Okay. Like, that's where I'm at. And yeah. meditation helps me get there. And it gives you, with the expanded awareness, it comes more choice. Because then once you're aware of it, then you have a lot more routes or options to take around any change versus not looking at it and continuing to do the same thing over and over again. So it does like being still with yourself and finding that stillness in that meditative state expands your awareness and quiets everything down. And I would say, I would say kind of like, I, I feel like it's made me a calmer person most of the time, not all the time because we're human, right? However, with the expanded awareness comes that piece of, oh, I realize what I'm doing and I realize why I'm doing it. And now I have a pathway of going back to finding that place of inner calm. And sometimes it might take me a little bit longer to get there, um, but I always know the way back. And again, that's, yes. that goes back to that building that habit, because the more you do something, the bigger that muscle grows and then the faster it works and the more you can get back to it as well. 
So I would say, yeah, the, the inner calm portion is like a big piece in the expanded awareness, huge benefits. Yes. Yes. And, and I, in my meditation journey also, like I realized, you know, there is a time for seated meditation, but there's also, it's very important for me to do like moving meditation, like yoga. And I'm into Qigong now because it's, a, it's such a good calming moving meditation. Like I have to get my body involved because, you know, if, if you just sit and meditate, you can stew in your mind and just make totally. just, the wheels are turning. And, and sometimes you can make that shit worse by meditating what's going on in your mind compared to like sitting, you know, in like a nice hip opener, a heart opener, doing a little qigong and moving that, moving that funky funkiness out of your body. The energy, all energy moving. That's really, that's what moving meditation is. Cause there's always energy all around us. Right. But we're able to clear it out with, with yes. our movement. What unexpected growth or changes did you have aside from the meditation and what we kind of already talked about, but anything else that you saw from the yoga certification itself and, or as like you've progressed, anything unexpected that you're like, oh, wow, I never expected that to happen. And now like that's changing or. Yeah, I never expected to like get into my feelings I never expected to like take that journey into like okay like you know why am I doing these certain things like what's my motive because I, I started my Instagram purely ego purely I wanted the attention purely the likes the followers and all that shit I, I wanted that all I love the attention I love that validation and as my practice progressed as my yoga practice progressed but also my content on social media and listening. I listen to Gary Vee and a lot of like other motivational people. I realized that, you know, what value can I provide to people? Mm. Like, how can I make my content to my audience? You know, with, with the meditation podcast that I do or the other podcasts that I have or any of my content or my TikToks, I really try and like visualize the audience. Like, what do they need? And I get out of my fucking head and my ego to really, really help someone. And that's how my content like started really blowing up and getting the likes and the views. When I took that mindset of getting out of myself, you know, getting out of my, you know, I, I need these likes or I need, I need all this attention to being like, okay, how can I serve? And how can I help people release? How can I help the world release 10 million fucks? You know, cause then I'm getting out of myself. I'm just using my, my, my body, my voice, as a vehicle to the universe, like universe, what the fuck would you like me to do for the people that, that type of mentality? I love that. It's, it's bigger than yourself. And I know I've mentioned this before in my podcast, but I did my yoga training through Sumit. Mm. Sumit was a big advocate. He would drill that into us. Like, it's not about you. It's about you're in that room and it's much, much bigger than you. And when we can open ourselves to how can I serve and be of service to others? And it becomes more than just your little world and your ego. Then that's where the real change happens because you're not, and it's like this beautiful synchrony of your change. You're both changing kind of side by side, you're changing, but then you're also helping others change as well. And it contributes, like there's a big difference in the energy of it. Whereas now it's just for me, that's like, that is a very prideful, egotistical energy, but when we can make it for others and make it bigger than ourselves, gosh, like the change in the energy is, is just magical. It's, it's way bigger. Like you can, you can feel it. And that's where the yes. true change happens, right? That's how we evolve consciousness or we expand awareness is by going up beyond and above ourselves and actually impacting the world. Absolutely. Yeah. What podcasts you mentioned, Gary V. Is there anything else besides like podcasts that you do daily to keep your mind set in that mind frame of it's not just about me, make it about them? Mm -hmm. I love my, my teacher, my favorite teacher right now is David Snyder. He's an NLP, a neurolinguistic programmer. I've gone to two of his trainings this year, like actual live trainings. Mm -hmm. And he has like helped me so much just in my own practice, 
mentality and uh, just a whole shift of my perspective and world. So I, I do a lot of his trainings. I'm doing a regression training right now, like a hypnotherapy regression training online. And I'll be going to see him in Vegas. Uh, he has a training in July on vibrational healing. Okay. So he's like one of the, one of my favorites right now. I, uh, I watch all of his YouTubes and I, I have several of his online classes. So yeah, he's basically my main teacher right now that I've just been diving deep into this conscious mind. Love it. So it sounds like get a mentor. Yes. <laughs> For anything yes. you want, get a mentor. If you want to dive deep. <laughs> For sure. Mentor, get a teacher. You know, I, I, I love my teachers. Yeah. You know, David G is one of my favorite teachers also on meditation. Like you got to have a mentor and someone, well, at least for me, I got to have someone that's guiding me along the way because I don't know, I'm still learning. I, I don't, you know, I, uh, and I do improv as well. That's been an amazing practice. Do you? All, that's awesome. Where do you do improv? At, at uh, Improv Mania, downtown Chandler. Okay. What were you going to say about it? Sorry, I cut you off. I was going to say for yoga teachers out there, anyone trying to find their voice, take an improv class. Uh, my, my teacher, David Snyder, told me, or t- he, t- he tells the students, like, if you really got, want to get better at your voice and just, you know, what you're projecting out to the world, mm-hmm. take an improv class. It's helped me so much by listening, just listening and just observing, you know, because um, when you're, when you're in an improv class, you have to observe and listen to your partner in the scene, or you're not going to know what to say next. And th- that's a lot. Um, and, and it helps with, teaching yoga or teaching meditation. Like I have to listen and feel the energy of the students, you know, before I say something and just anyone and anyone that's, you know, I I associate with it's like, okay, what are they trying to tell me? I need to listen before I can say something. So I love it. I recommend it. Anyone out there try an improv class. Love it. Love it. Increased mindfulness. It sounds like as well. All of it. What, so tell me more about, I want to talk about your, your motto. Was that motto like release a million fucks kind of always with you? Is it something that you developed into? That was a new motto. Actually. I just, uh, I just wanted to go bigger. I wanted to go bigger and more outside of myself and something that's almost that that's attainable, but almost not attainable in my lifetime, you know, something bigger. Like, I, I don't know what 10 million fucks looks like, but I know, that I can make content. Mainly, I have a Relax with Yogi Brian meditation where so far I've kept it free. There's 84 meditations there. And then I have It's Just Fucking Meditation, which is uh, the X-rated version of meditation. And I just put those out there. Does that mean and there's a lot more fucks in there? <laughs> there's a lot more fucks. The Relax with Yogi Brian's all clean. That's for the kids and the grandma. Good distinction. <laughs> and uh, It's Just Fucking Meditation, dropping F-bombs, relaxing butt cheeks. Uh, you know, I, I, I like to put that out there because there's two different types of people that meditate. And some of the people that listen to this just fucking meditation, like they've never meditated before and they can relate to that. So I love it. So I can release more fucks there. Yeah. So, yeah, just yeah, that releasing 10 million fucks around the world is just like a, a goal bigger than myself. And I really hope I can I really hope it releases 10 million fucks with the world. I love it. I love it all. I love um, that we can watch the journey evolve and grow as well and see what that, what that looks like for you. Awesome. It's a great theme. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So with the F-bombs, I know you right now you're only teaching on the online studio platform. Um, and I know when I'd reached out to you, you were like, yeah, I dropped too many F-bombs for, for a studio scene. Um, <laughs> do you think that would ever change? Like, were you, before COVID, were you teaching in studio? Um, and do you have any plans, like, to return to studio at all? How do you feel about all of all yeah, the studio I, vibes? Yeah, I, I love studio vibes. I, I practice at a studio. I... Uh, before COVID, the pandemic, I was teaching at Lifetime, Lifetime Fitness in Tempe. Mm-hmm. And I, I love that vibe, just being around people. But since, well, during the pandemic, I was teaching on Zoom 
And I realized like, wow, I don't have to commute. I can just turn on my camera and connect to audio. You know, people were coming to class from Germany and just all across the world that couldn't come to my class normally, like in person. Yeah. So it's just uh, more convenient for myself as well. Like I have a 10 year old that I have half the week. So it's just very hard for me to actually go to the studio and I have a day job as well. So I'm just doing a lot of different things. Yeah. In the future, I, I would love to teach at a studio, like if it works out. I, I don't have any hard feelings on studios. And when, when I used to teach at a studio, like I didn't drop as many F-bombs. I just like, I just like being that able was gonna to be my next do whatever question. I want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The, uh, well, and I, I think that that probably goes into part of being a yoga instructor is the creativity and being in the present moment and allowing things to flow. Um, through the movement in our body, but also dynamically through our language and our expression. And that's part of being present to everything that just is in the room and allowing people, language is a great tool to connect mentally and allow people to relax into the moment and into their bodies. So it language is part of the, the yoga practice as instructors, and it, it can be a very powerful tool and that's why using different language for different people still brings about the global benefits of yoga to all different populations. Yes. Yeah. And when I say fuck, your subconscious mind, like it gives more attention to that. Your subconscious mind is on alert and it's open and it's listening yeah. compared to any other language. So that's, that's another reason why like I like to drop F-bombs, especially you know, in events, sometimes I'm going out at events or right before I'm, I'm doing a meditation because you can start to laugh. Your subconscious mind is like listening because it's like, whoa, you just said an F-bomb. And then you can get deeper into the meditation. So there's a little bit of science in there as well. Hmm. But I do love the word fuck too. <laughs> so, multiple benefits. <laughs> what about Sanskrit? Do you use Sanskrit in your classes and the way you cue or is that something that you... Uh... You don't incorporate. I use it at times. To be honest, like I mainly focus on meditation and subconscious reprogramming. Mm -hmm. So, so when I do teach, I'll, I'll teach like one class, but it's mainly yin type class and it's relaxation, only about 30 minutes to get into meditation. So I, I haven't really been practicing or not, I practice, but I haven't really been teaching as much yoga compared to you know, I lead a lot of live meditations on insight timer and I'm, I'm always creating like at least one meditation a day. So I, I don't really use as much Sanskrit in my classes. Yeah. Yeah. Just because of the, the component. Yeah, exactly. I, I love chanting in Sanskrit, like for meditations, Om and, and some of the other chants. I love that. Yeah. 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 I think like if we look at the yoga world, in general, and there's so much out there, there exists so much. And that's the beauty of variety, because there will be something for everybody. But in looking at the way to make yoga more accessible, more warming and welcoming to everybody, the use of Sanskrit can sometimes turn people off, especially beginners that are coming in, because they're not necessarily looking for that super uber spiritual experience, and or they might there might be like a little bit of fear in it. Like I've never experienced this before. I don't know. I don't know that I want to take it there. So taking those little steps as yoga instructors, where we can be a little bit more aware of the language that we're using, how we're presenting things, how we're saying things, what we're saying and how people on the mats might take it just gives the, makes the practice a little bit more accessible. And, or there's also the other side of it too, right? Where um, there are, there are studios or the experiences that are going to be the uber spiritual, uber Sanskrit, follow things to a T, but that's the beautiful world of it. Like there's something out there for everybody and that eliminates the, um, the barriers to going and exploring the world of yoga. Exactly. Exactly. And it's so so vast yoga is so vast i mean you can get caught up in just the sequencing or the asanas or you can you know you can dive into the sanskrit and that can be you know a whole lifelong practice is just going to the sanskrit 
I love when teachers incorporate Sanskrit and they let us know, you know, why it's called a certain name. Like, I love that incorporating it, you know, into teaching. I have a, a teacher that does that. Who's just, I, I love hearing that. And, I, and I'm like, Oh, okay. I can see why it's called that name. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I haven't experienced that yet. I do tend to like it because it pulls my brain back into like, it takes me out of monkey brain on my mat and like, Oh yeah, <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm here. I'm present. What's your, <laughs> on that note, what's your favorite pose? My favorite pose is pigeon pose. Mm-hmm. I, I love that pose. Basically any hip opener. Yeah. Anjay, Asana or pigeon. I just, I, I hold a lot of tension and trauma and all that shit in my hips. So mm-hmm. like my psoas muscles tight as fuck. So I, I love hip openers. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. The, uh, we do tend to hold a lot of our emotions or unprocessed stuff in our, in our pelvis. Pigeon's great for that. Um, what's going through your mind when you're in pigeon? Gosh, day to day. I've had, um, gosh, it just really depends. I mean, I've had to chill lately, like make sure I don't like write anything down because I'll get like ideas of like videos, like TikTok videos, like I want to make. I, I went to a class yesterday at a studio and I'm like, oh, I have three fucking ideas that I want to make like TikTok videos for like content. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, I got to like focus and focus on my practice. <laughs> I got to just be but here, like, be present. Yeah, ex- exactly. But I just get such inspiration. But yeah, nor- normally it's just like emotions, like deep emotions or, you know, think about weird stuff. I'm like, why am I thinking about that high school shit? like in my, uh, in, in my pigeon pose, but Ooh, unprocessed yeah. stuff popping up. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What, what you repress becomes stress. So yeah, you gotta come out. You gotta feel it. Yes. Yeah. And on that note, cause I always, I think there's a component of response that goes into that and it can depend on the day. Right. So when we're in those postures or poses and we have things come up, different days are going to give you like different needs of what the right thing is for you. And sometimes it could be to like feel and lean into it. And I feel like other times it could be, Oh, okay. I became aware of this, but I'm not going to become attached to it because I know it could like spiral me and that's not what I need right now. So right now I just Mm. need presence So to let it drift by and use that practice of like mindfulness, I'm going to make a note of it and I'll come back to it. But right now is not the time Mm -hmm. to like digest it. So I love that there's this beautiful space that exists when we're in those postures that reminds us, we'll just take it back to like presence and know what you need in this moment personally so that it takes the pressure off of, well, I have to do it this way, or I have to feel it. I have to, no, you don't have to fucking do anything Mm -hmm. besides like, listen to yourself and be your own guide. And guess what? If you don't process something right now, great. You're going to have like 500 million other opportunities to do it. Exactly. You're staying consistent with the practice. Yeah. yeah, there's always something. There's always something that will come up. Like, even if you work on it and you figure it out and you solve it, something else will pop up. Yeah, so. that's the, the continuous journey and just continuing to flow and evolve with it and knowing that it's all, it's all part, of the, part of the ride. <laughs> yeah, yep, part of the ride. It is. So what's next? You said you're working a lot on... Um, like sort of certifications on your own, especially linguistic subconscious, what other projects do you have or things that you want to get that you've thought of um, in the yoga world or even not yoga related, but maybe it like parallels to it. Yeah, really. Um, yeah, you know, I've been doing improv. So I want to do like stand up, open mics, stand up comedy. That's been my next journey. I haven't done an open mic stand-up yet, but I've done, we had, we had a performance of like improv, which was cool. And like, I'm getting more and more involved in like the improv community. So I really like that. And I like comedy. I've been making more TikToks that are just more like me acting and doing memes instead of actually writing the meme. Like I'm actually acting out the meme. 
so I've been doing that more. I'm, I'm the type of person that like tries and does like a hundred fucking different things. And like, it's hard for me to finish any one thing. Mm-hmm. And that's just awareness that, that I know of myself. And I, I really like a teacher. His name's I think, um, Seth Godin. I think that's his name. He's a okay. business guy. And he says, and he really helped me out, but he says, do something for a hundred days consistently over and over again. He wrote a blog and he's still writing a blog for like thousands of days. And he's an amazing writer because he wrote every single day. And he says, you know, yeah, you do it so much. You get all your shitty content out. And that really helped me out with (laughs) recording meditations. Uh, When I first started doing meditations, recording, I want to be a meditation guy and I wanted to lead meditations and I created a podcast and I just did it every day and, and I went live on YouTube and I did it every day. And I, I would put these meditations on insight timer mm-hmm. and I realized insight timer, it's a meditation app. I realized that the, the listeners on insight timer are brutally honest, like to the point where they hurt my feelings, which is good. So I would post these meditations to insight timer to get feedback, like pretty much to see, what they were saying. Mm-hmm. And then I would take their feedback and then I would make the meditations better and better. And then I learned, learned how to mix, mix better and add music and change, you know, help, help my voice a little better and do like voice exercises. So doing that consistently, like he said, really helped my meditation process and being a meditation guide. So that's why I'm just, that's why I'm like, okay, I want to do stand-up comedy, but I also like, I'm still doing, I'm still making meditations. I just want to be consistent with that to just master that, to be, to help the world release 10 million fucks. That, that's like my main priority. It's your mission. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Other than like making content. Cause I get, you know, I get sidetracked with, you know, comedy and making memes and you know, that takes a lot of my time and I love it. And it's just kind of all over the place. Cause I'm creative like that. Yeah. But lately I'm just like, okay, I need to do this. Like, this is what I need to do. And maybe like two things at one time at the most. Yeah. Ooh, it sounds like you're building a little bit of structure into your creativity. Yeah. It's, it's hard though. It's, it's hard. Work. It, that's why it's a journey. <laughs> it's like the little bit like of awareness. Right. And then we do what we can to like gradually find more ease. And that's just all part of the journey. It sounds like with your evolution with uh, meditation and producing higher quality content that would speak more to the masses, you learned how to take criticism um, and use it constructively to better yourself and in the process help others. Um, And I think that's a huge part of anything is being able to take take criticism. And sometimes like, I know I all speak for myself. I'll speak personally where, when we can be such a creative person, we take the criticism as like a criticism to I've, I've taken the criticism as a criticism to my creativity and well, that's just how I am. Or that's just, however, there's still a middle ground of if we want to make an impact in the world, it's not just, it's not just about us. Right. It's again, taking it out of stepping out of the, this is just about me. What's my creative expression voice. Lovely. However, you can make more of an impact if you would bring it more to how can I serve the world versus just that narrow version of, so I think that taking criticism is part of the process for anybody that's in that creative space. Um, and I guess it depends on the the content or the realm. However, if you want to make a benefit or a change for others, help others make changes, that's part of it. Absolutely. And it's really like criticism and everything for the most part that I've found is listening, mm-hmm. you know, just listening and observing, like, what do people want? Yeah. Like, what, what, what are your, you know, for, for me, like people want sleep meditations. They want yoga nidra. Like the, it's just the views and people want that. I, I don't know what they want, you know? Yeah. I, I can, I can assume that, you know, people want a certain thing that then when I do that, I'm like, okay, that completely didn't work, especially like on a meme or like content or anything like that, that I make. Yeah. And then I just listen, especially on, on criticism, like 
as a newer yoga teacher, when I first started, I loved the criticism. Like I yearned for it. Like I, I wanted someone to tell me, okay, okay. Like it's very easy for people to say like, oh, that was a great class. I loved it. So good. Because everybody tells you that they, they want to be nice to you. You know, they don't want to hurt your feelings. Hurt my fucking hurt. Yeah. No, tell me how I can be better. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like my feelings need to be hurt sometimes so I can get out of myself and like be better. Yeah. And and better, like being better, like just to help more people and to be like, you know, maybe all the students are thinking the same thing. Maybe my music's too loud or maybe I rushed in and Shavasana Mm. or, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm unaware of that, you know? Yeah. But if I'm not getting people in class, like I'm not helping people, but it's like, yeah, tell me the feedback hurt yep. my feelings. That's <laughs> how, and we'll, at that point, we become our best versions of ourselves when we can start to take criticism. Cause at the bottom of it, most people really do just want to help. And you still get to take criticism with a grain of salt, right? and hear it and listen to it and take the process internally into um, introspection and then deciding what you want to do with it. But that's the beauty of criticism. It expands, it expands your mind. It expands your awareness. It expands. It does. Yeah. Yeah. It's awareness. Like I wasn't aware of that. Yeah. Like I, I want everybody to have an enjoyable class. Like, you know, that was one of the things. And I just say Shavasana. I remember when I was just in teacher training, one of the other teachers was like, hey, from when when we were in Shavasana until we like took a seated posture at the end, that felt a little rushed. And I was completely unaware of that. Now I'm aware of that. I'm just like, okay, I need to ease them from Shavasana to like a seated hands at heart center. So I love that type of feedback. And especially with meditations. You know, I, I hear, I heard earlier, like, oh, I talk too much. There's not enough space. So now I get that extra space in the meditation. Or if the background music was too loud or there wasn't music or, you know, maybe I use this word, I use the word slam, like slam the energy back in your body. Some people didn't like the word slam. So now I use a, a gentler word sometimes. So it's like, if I don't listen to that feedback, like, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. So yeah. And, and if you're out there listening, like give, give constructive feedback when you can to your yoga teacher or to your friends, like it really helps. Yes. Yeah. And that's why we have people around us to give us the little details that sometimes we miss because sometimes we're so focused on the bigger picture. <laughs> right. I'm giving yeah. a yoga class. <laughs> <laughs> what other constructive feedback would you give to like new yoga instructors and or just any tips or pointers for them to ease into the whole instructor process. Yeah, the, my, my first tip, and I've seen it just doing auditions for, you know, new yoga teachers coming in, just having like a big audition, is the biggest thing I've seen is your voice. Like you, your voice is so powerful and not, not meaning like you need a pretty voice or a deep voice or anything like that. Your voice needs to be like powerful and confident mm-hmm. and people hear that and feel that they feel that energy in your voice. And even if you have to fake confidence or, you know, do like a two minute meditation before you go into that ad- audition or go into your class, bring that energy that you want people to feel. Because even in my training as like a hypnotist, hypno hypnotherapist is you, you guide someone first with your body with your emotions, with your mental state, your state of your mind. Mm -hmm. So get into that state of mind before you go into your audition. Like, what do you want to feel? Use your imagination. Like when's the time that you felt most confident in your life and take that body position. Maybe your arms are overhead because you won the, won the tournament or won the trophy, you know, go in there before create your state. Your state control is the most powerful thing because other people feel that. Mm-hmm. no matter what if you want to get all sciencey or woo woo it like people feel your emotional state so if you go into that audition get that emotional state that you want to be in that confidence and then say it out through your through your freaking talk and your voice and people are going to feel that 
And even if you're, even if you're like saying the wrong thing, sometimes if you say it fucking with confidence and power and like you mean it, class is going to do that. They're going to be like, Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And it's a good learning experience. (laughs) It is. It is. And you're going to fuck up. You're going to fuck up and it happens. But if you're like in there commanding and having that voice, like finding your voice. And we all hear that as yoga teachers, like, Oh, I found my voice. It's like, find that voice, find that voice. It's common. Bring intent into your practice, into your way of being and into guiding others kind of circles back to the why, why are you doing this? Doing know what you're doing. I've heard feedback as well from other yoga instructors to carry a yoga journal. Mm. So after classes, kind of just like jot down what you liked, what you didn't like, any observations. And that way, again, it's something that you can consistently use and track to grow into being the best, best version, yeah. best instructor. I like that journal, yeah. like having a yoga journal. Yeah. Hold, holding space is like important to me too that that was like drilled upon me you know beginning in my yoga teacher training just holding that space yeah and grounding because then once you're grounded because there's energy we have grounded energy right but then we also have like the nurturing creative energy and when we can combine both of them together then that gives us more of a platform to move from um, because you can't, if you're not grounded, it's kind of like you're constantly grasping, right? Yeah. So being able to ground in with intent and then move into that creative space is also going to help. And the, the journaling does that. It grounds you in the reality of, okay, this is where I'm at. This is what it is. Now, where am I moving next? Yeah. I like that. It's like the masculine and feminine. Masculine and feminine, feminine energy coming together. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. What, um, (laughs) I wanted to ask, what do you theme your improvs or your comedy around? Is there like a specific theme or do you just kind of go with the flow, um, reading the energy of the room? Oh, like when I go to improv class? Yeah. It's all that there's a teacher there and we we have to do different exercises the cool thing is when I first started, so I did a, I did a beginner improv in January at Improv Mania, which I highly recommend. It's on Tuesdays. And I was so nervous when I went there the first time. And they, they have like warm-up games that you do, which after the warm-up games, you're just so ready to just like do whatever and, and flow. Love yeah, it. There's a, lot of, there's a lot of different games, which... I'm still terrified. Like when I go to class, I'm still terrified of some of the games because some of the games like are built to make you fail, but you have to fail confidently. Like you have to go up there and deliver a joke and that joke might suck, but you have to go up there and deliver it because the, the worst, the worst thing you can do is have an empty stage. Mm-hmm. But if you go and deliver it and you just speak and say something, it's better than not saying anything and just being awkward. Totally. Totally. Oh, that's powerful. Um, with your, cause I know you had mentioned you wanted to move more into comedy like itself um, and maybe doing your own, your own shows. So aside from the, the classes, do you feel like you'll theme and I'm not very familiar with comedy either, but do you feel like you'll theme your comedy when you're delivering to an audience is there like, oh, a, yeah. like, a, like kind of like with your meditations, right? Your whole theme is the releasing a million fucks. Do you feel like there's an overall theme with your comedy as well? Oh yeah. It'll be all like yoga meditation based, like the yoga community. Love it. I, I believe like when I, when I do comedy, I, I'm just in the process of writing jokes. So I have like a, on my notepad on my phone, yeah. like when I see something or observe something, I write the jokes down, but it's really helped me when I do live events. I've done a couple of retreats and, you know, a live event up in Scottsdale a couple of weeks ago. And it really helps me to like entertain everybody and just kind of go with the flow on what's happening in the audience. And, and just having that imp- improvisation where you're in the moment, 
Like I'm not worried about what I'm going to think next or say next. I'm just here present. And then maybe I make, make a joke or say something that's relating to what I see or hear in the audience or the weather, things like that. So it really does help like actual teaching, actually doing events. Yeah. Yeah. To have it, um, just to clarify, it helps the events to like, kind of have those notes jotted down. Oh, no, it, um, the, the improv helps me just be in the present moment. Okay. Okay. And go yeah, with be in the present moment because some of the games, some of the games you have to, that we play in improv is we just have to observe. We have to observe and then just kind of go off that energy. Yeah. So what I've learned, I can bring that to doing my yoga classes where I'm not like stuck in my head of like a script that I need to go one by one and do all this. I can just kind of prepare but go into it just being like, okay, I'm here. I'm present. I'm going to listen. I don't know what I'm going to say, but I'm just going to say it. Yeah. I'm going to watch everybody and be present to the energy in the room versus just in my corner on my mat and let it be more natural and flow. Exactly. That's exactly. Awesome. awesome. Love it. All right. Where can listeners find you and book your classes? Sure. You can just, Search Yogi Brian, B-R-Y-A-N on Google and all my stuff will pop up there. The website and just any of the meditations. So real easy. Just go to Google, Google Yogi Brian. It'll all come up. It'll pop up. And um, would you mind dropping your Instagram too? Sure. Yeah. Instagram is Yogi underscore Brian, B-R-Y-A-N. Check it out there. Okay. Awesome. Lots of good stuff on there. And I know we brought up the two um, Spotify channels you have, but did you want to repeat those as well? Oh, yeah. It's, it's just fucking meditation that's available on Spotify, Google Play. Apple doesn't allow cuss words in their titles, so it's not on Apple. And then Relax with Yogi Brian is on all podcast platforms, Apple, Audible, Spotify, youtube so you can check that out and then we have the yogi show i did with uh, a friend okay. the yogi show podcast and then yogi brian talks is another podcast i do okay very cool what's on the yogi show podcast is it all all yoga and yogis yeah yes we have a a lot of cool people that we interviewed david g dylan werner keno mcgregor um who else the bad yogi mary osner okay Really cool. Really cool to talk to all those uh, yogis. Yeah. And dig into their mindsets. Exactly. Yeah. We haven't, we haven't done a, an episode for like over a year. We stopped it before the pandemic. Okay. Maybe throwing it back out there. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I think we are. You never it, know. <laughs> you never know what you thought in the universe. It'll come back. Exactly. <laughs> Any last words? Um, or any last like insight coming through that you would want to gift uh, listeners with? Sure. Yeah. So if anybody out there, if you're a yoga teacher, whatever you're trying to do, if you're making content or, or just anything, I say do it consistently. Try it over and over again. You know, keep practicing, keep doing it. Don't give up. Just keep being consistent. You know, with me doing like online classes, my first week I tried to do Zoom during the pandemic. No one showed up to my classes because I had the wrong meeting ID I was giving everyone and I wanted to quit. And then I just kept doing it and I kept figuring it out and then it kept getting better. I kept adding music to it. Just same with the meditation. Just keep doing it over and over again. So if you want to be a teacher, just yoga teacher, just practice with your family. If you're not at a studio. And just get that consistently. If you're teaching a class once a day online and no one's showing up, keep fucking doing it. It'll pay off. And that's all I got. I love that. And I would, I'll add on to that if you don't mind. Cause sure. That you can add that that's applicable to anything in life. Right. So it doesn't even have to be yoga specific. It could be whatever you want to be doing in life, whatever you want to explore, whatever you thought about, but like there's that fear of, oh, but I don't know what I'm doing. I'm not good enough. Just keep showing up and be consistent with it because we know that practice makes progress, not perfection. Practice makes progress. And then the rest just evolves. But just that one little step of showing up for yourself over and over again 
and being consistent in the practice is going to build everything you need and even beyond like what you imagine anything really is possible once you show up for those little steps. hundred percent, hundred percent. And you're going to want to quit at times, you know, maybe day 10, you're going to be like, this is not working for me. Just keep doing it. Keep going. People will show up. Your people will, will arrive. Like that's how the universe is. Like you just keep showing up. You keep doing it. You keep getting better. hundred yep. percent. Love what you said. Yeah. Thank you. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time. Um, I love getting to dive into more about you, your philosophy, where you're going, what helps you. And I appreciate everything you shared. Oh, thank you, Christina. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you for tuning in to the House of Minds. Cheers to mind expansion. And until